Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, the run game will be fine for the Falcons. The offensive line has really taken a step forward. And don't worry, the Braves will clinch tonight. All of that, sitting hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuck right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Don't forget, Locked On or uh, Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. Don't forget, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free, leave us a five star review. Amazon Fire and Roku, check us out on those platforms now. Hit us up there, and of course, follow me at JMCH316 on my Twitter page. Well, we got bad news yesterday. Now we know why Cordero Patterson didn't play a whole lot, uh, especially in the second half of that game on Sunday, as he had to have some surgery and he's going to be on short-term IR, which means in the NFL that you have to mix, miss, excuse me, the next four games. So we're going to be at least a month without Cordell Patterson. Now, obviously, look, the running game has been the story for the Atlanta Falcons, right? And the change in philosophy and the fact that they've been so productive in the running game. And now, obviously, our number one guy, our RB1, is out this week as we get ready to head down to Tampa Bay and take on the Buccaneers. What does that mean for the run game? I think the run game is going to be fine, to be honest with you. Now, a couple of things about this. One is, we'll talk about this in the next segment, but the offensive line, has been really good this year. In fact, I'll give you some numbers in the next segment about how good the offensive line has been, in particular, a couple of guys, particular, especially one guy who's been, you know, first-team all-pro type of level in the offensive line play. So, look, our offensive line is playing really well right now, especially in the run-blocking aspect of it. And when you look right now, Tyler Algier, 139 yards, he's averaging 5.3 yards per attempt. Caleb Huntley, after that performance over the weekend, he's averaging 5.4 yards per attempt. Even the couple little runs here and there that Avery Williams, right, they run a little jet sweep or whatever with him, perfect. He's averaging 9.3 yards per attempt. He's picked up 37 yards on four attempts. And look, when you look at Algier and Huntley in the red zone, those are guys that are physical enough running backs that I have no fear about them running between the tackles and making some things happen. So I expect Algier will get the start and you'll mix in Hunley and then you'll get a little bit of a jet sweep here and there for Avery Williams. This will be a chance for Tyler Algier to really get a shot to show everybody. And look, he's a workhorse running back. He's the kind of kid that if you look at his numbers in college, could tote the rock a lot. He could take a heavy workload. So I don't think he's going to be eight or 10 carries or something like that. I expect him to be maybe 15 to 20 carries. I expect Caleb Huntley to be maybe 15 carries. I expect that they'll both get a pretty good workload because last week it was 35 rushing attempts and it was 19 passes. I don't think that's going to change this week. Even though the, the Buccaneers' pass defense has been a little bit, eh, it's not terrible, but it's not great. 
I don't expect them to still allow, again, and I'm going to hate on Marcus Mariota because I had to laugh at all the comments I read about it. They're not going to let him get back into that 33 pass attempts per game. They're going to do everything they can to keep him in that 19 to 22 kind of range. So they'll still run the football, but Algier will get a heavy dose. And I feel confident. Look, the way our offensive line is played and the way that those guys are accumulating yards, that 10-play drive on Sunday after, let, let's go back in time because I'm going to hate on Mariota again. After Mariota throws the pick to Denzel Ward, remember that? Remember, he had seven completions to his players and one to the other team. But anyway, after he throws that pick to Denzel Ward, I know it was just random happenstance coincidence that they decided that they were going to run it 14 straight times after that. Anyway, 10 play, touchdown drive, 10 straight runs, and it got him into the end zone. You'll get a heavy dose of that again on Sunday. They're not going to change their philosophy. The thing that I love about what Arthur Smith is doing is he is staying committed to the run. And even though at times last couple of years, last few years, that the Falcons haven't run the football very well, they have not stayed committed. Now, look, it's different when you have Matt Ryan. He's a throw-first quarterback. He's a 700-attempt-per-year quarterback, right? He can throw it six, 700 times. Well, you don't want that out of the guy that's under center right now. I'm hating on Mariota again. Just want to make sure the audience picks up on, on all of this. But their commitment to the run this year, they are fifth in the NFL in rushing attempts. And what do I say all the time? Bill Parcells, what's the first thing he always said? He, he will always talk about. First thing I look at on the stat sheet is what were my rushing attempts? Not my rushing yards, not rushing touchdowns, not yards per carry, not passing yards, not this, not that. How many times did we run the football? And the Falcons are, forget, I know that they're top four or five in rushing yards and all this, any other. What they are is fifth in the league in rushing attempts. And that's part of how you become a successful run team. You have to stay committed to the run. So I fully expect that we're going to get heavy doses of Tyler Algier, heavy dose of Caleb Huntley. They're not going to change up their style. And I think that we can still have effective results. I think what, La what Algier did last week and kind of breaking out with the 84 yards is a good setup to what's going to happen this Sunday. And the fact that Caleb Huntley had run it so well, especially on that touchdown drive, showed you that even life without Cordell Patterson doesn't mean that we can't run the football effectively. Now, again, we'll talk here in just a couple of minutes. It all starts up front, right? It all starts with those five guys up front blocking. And that's the area that the Falcons have been so good in this year is they've gotten terrific offensive line play. It's been a definite step forward that we'll talk about here. But I feel very confident in the group of running backs that we have. And I like the way that Arthur Smith is willing to mix and match and use all the guys that he has available, right? You know, I like the fact that they'll mix in a little bit of Avery. I like the way that they use it. It's only been four carries in four games for Avery Williams, but he gives you a little different look. Like, remember years ago when, when, um, uh, oh gosh, now I, now I forget the kid's name, but anyway, uh, but, or Tyler Gabriel, that's who I'm trying to think of. Kyle Shanahan would use Tyler Gabriel in that way, right? Little jet sweep here, little toss here, right? He didn't touch it very often, but when he did, he got you some nice chunks of yards. That's Avery Williams this year for this team. He is sort of our Tyler Gabriel. 
Yes, he's our punt and kick guy. That's first and foremost what his responsibility is. But you see a touch here, a touch there, right? They don't give it to him very often, but at least when they hand it to him, he goes and gets a play, and he gives you a change of pace out of all of it. So I like what Arthur Smith has done with his running backs overall in general. And then let's not forget, the one thing that Marcus Mariota can definitely do is run the football. And he will definitely be a featured part of the run game as well. I expect him to have a few more designed runs. And I think I'm right on this. I think the, I think the Falcons are one of the top five or six teams in the league as far as design quarterback runs as well. You kind of expect that with Marcus Mariota because, remember, he only completed seven passes. Folks, I'm hating on Marcus Mariota again. I want to make sure I got that got that in there and all that. And don't worry, he's only ranked 27th out of 33 quarterbacks in the league as far as his pro football folks. But I know I'm hating on Marcus Mariota. But I feel very confident about the fact that the Falcons will be able to run the football on Sunday effectively. I expect Algier, Huntley, Avery Williams, Mariota. I expect that four-headed monster will keep the pace going and keep things fine. Their offensive line has been terrific. And I hate it that we don't have Patterson for the next handful of weeks, but I feel confident that we're still going to be able to run the football effectively. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Listen, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports wagering. Listen, you want to be a smarter, better, right? And you want to get in on the action. BetOnline.net is the place you need to go. Take that mobile device. It's real simple and real easy and real handy. Take that mobile device. Head to BetOnline.net today. Esports, betting news, podcast information. Stats, scores, everything that you want is available there, and you can get in on the action at betonline.net. You want to get involved in golf and football and baseball and this and that. Everything is available to you right there. So take that mobile device, head to betonline.net today, get all the news and information you need to be a smarter sports wager. Get in on the action. It's all available at betonline.net. It's where the action starts. So what did we talk about all through the offseason? You listen to my podcast. You listen to me on the radio. What did we talk about all offseason that had to happen if the Falcons wanted to turn the corner and become a more successful and a better offense? It was your offensive line had to play much better. And we talked about, we gave you the stats, right? They had three of the nine worst pass-blocking offensive linemen in the NFL. And we knew that there would be changes on their offensive line, right? And we have, as of right now, two new starters. Now, let's start let's let's get the bad out of the way cuz we're going to get to a whole lot of good, right? Drew Dolman at center has not been very good. But okay, because you've been good at left guard and you've been outstanding at right guard, you can afford to have what did I say? You can have one bad offensive lineman. The problem last year was you had multiple bad offensive linemen and you stand them side by side. When you have Matt Hennessy and Jalen Mayfield standing side by side, remember I used to do this? You got bad results. So you can have one guy that's not very good, but you can't have multiple guys that are not very good. And right now, if there is one unit that has definitely taken that big step forward, it has been the offensive line overall. So a couple of things. Number one is last week in the NFL, in week number four, the offensive line of the week, according to Pro Football Focus, was the Atlanta Falcons. Quote, in their victory over the Browns, the Falcons' offensive line earned a 91.1 run blocking grade, uh, assisting backs to 202 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Pass blocking, they were a 69.5 by allowing just six total pressures, including a sack and a hit. Now, 
couple of things. One is we talked about Caleb McGarry and would he take a step forward? I don't care what he's going to be four years from now. Just get me through this year, right? Most likely his final year with the Falcons, unless he just has this blow up here. I'll give Caleb McGarry a lot of credit. He's got a 72.7 grade. Right now, he ranks among 70 offensive tackles in the NFL. His pro football focus grade is 18th overall. So he's been a top 20 offensive tackle in the NFL. So he's done a really good job. Elijah Wilkinson has been a breath of fresh air into that offensive line. Jake Matthews has been fine. Then I've saved the best for last, okay? So let's talk about my buddy, Chris Lindstrom, okay? We talked about him last week and showing a little bit of love, okay? Through four weeks in the NFL, Chris Lindstrom is the second highest graded offensive lineman, period, in the league. Guards, tackles, centers. So remember last week we talked about Chris Lindstrom was the third highest rated guard in the league? His grade this past week was a 97. That's almost absurd. He is now the second highest graded offensive lineman in the entirety of the NFL with a 91.3 grade overall. And he is tied with Andrew Thomas, good Georgia kid, of the Giants with the highest run blocking grade for all offensive linemen at a 91.5. So he's got the tied for first highest run blocking grade in the entirety of the NFL. And overall, he's the second highest graded offensive lineman. What have I talked about? Look, at the pace that he's going, he's first team all NFL. Listen to what I'm saying. At the pace that he is on, he is first team all NFL. That's how good Lindstrom has been this year. So overall, this has been the spark as to why the Falcons are so good in the run game, why they've made Patterson and Huntley and Williams and and everybody, you know, Algier and everybody look as good as they are. And this was the number one thing that we talked about and focused on. Can our lines of scrimmage be better this year? Well, at least from the offensive line side, and we've talked about Grady and the start that he's on and the contributions that Taquan Graham and those guys have given him on the defensive line. By the way, now we'll probably get more information tomorrow because today's the off day. I can't wait to see if the Falcons make any moves on their roster starting tomorrow. Right? Remember we talked about this last week that you have a handful of guys, you have four main guys that are available to come off of IR this week. Remember that? One of them's Jalen Mayfield. You ready to stick Jalen Mayfield back into your starting spot or put – The offensive line for the Falcons has been the key unit that has stepped up and taken a step forward this year. And it's not just been Lindstrom. Caleb McGarry has taken a step forward and played well this year. Elijah Wilkinson has been good this year. Jake Matthews has been his regular solid self. And Drew Dahlman, you know, again, let's go back to the Spider-Man meme, right? Dahlman and Hennessy, it's the same guy. They're pointing at one another, right? So there's been no improvement. Let's let's be honest. Let, let's cut through the fog, okay? There's been zero improvement in the center position. If anything, to be honest with you, it may be even a step backward because Dolman can't snap the football. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I'll, I'll hate because I like to hate. Drew Dolman is James Stone 2.0, okay? 
that that's how bad it is. Remember when we had Mike Person and James Stone a few years ago, and neither of those guys could snap the football and shotgun. They'd bounce off the, you know, Matt's back there with a baseball man. He's back there with a shortstop glove like this because he's got to field it off the turf, right? Bouncing off the turf. That's about where Dolman is. He's hit a guy. He's snapping this, that. Anyway, but again, you can live with one bad offensive lineman. You can get away with that. Because if you stand two guys side by side, as we saw last year, if you stand Mayfield and Hennessy side by side one another, your offensive line will get crushed. And they did. And they got crushed. And this is nothing to do with Mariota's scrambling ability, because I know that's what the nonsense is going to be. Oh, well, Mariota can scramble. That has nothing to do with it. Their offensive line is better. I just gave you the numbers. Those guys have been outstanding. As they're run blocking, as they're playing much better, Again, Lindstrom has taken Lindstrom was already one of the best offensive linemen in the league that nobody talked about. He's even better this year. He's a first team all NFL caliber offensive lineman this year. And McGarry has taken a big step upward in what will probably be his final year with the Falcons. So if there's again, the unit that has made all the difference in the world is what we spent all summer talking about. Can this offensive line be better? I give the Falcons credit. I give Arthur Smith credit. They were willing to make changes. They were willing to try something different, willing to have competition up there, and it's paid dividends. The changes that they made have paid dividends, and we don't have to worry about two offensive linemen that have no business standing side by side with one another and just mucking it up out there. This unit has really come together, and as I just talked about, it's why I feel confident that the Falcons will still continue to have success even without Patterson. Yep, it sucks. But you can put good to average backs behind a great offensive line, and if they're opening up holes in the running game, they'll find a way through. I have faith in Algier and Huntley and those guys because those five guys up front are playing so well. So that's the unit we talked about all summer long. Give the Falcons and Arthur Smith credit. They have been terrific through the first quarter-ish. I know it's not quite a quarter, but quarter-ish of the year. I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, once you to head to Built.com today, check out their extensive line of products. Look, we've talked a lot here on the show about the marshmallow puffs, right? The protein-infused marshmallow puffs. But I want you to remember, too, that they have all the regular protein bars and things like that and snacks that you want there as well. So you head to built.com today. Check out their wide menu of different products. And they got all kinds of flavors and they're always introducing a new flavor each and every month. So head to built.com today. Check out their line of products. Get that order put together. And when you get to that checkout, put the promo code locked on 15. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N number one, number five. Locked on 15. Use that promo code at checkout and you get 15% off your order. Simply for my listeners by using the promo code locked on 15. So they got the puffs, they got the bars, they got snacks, they got everything that's available to you. And remember, it's low sugar, high protein snacks, right? That's what we're all looking for. You watch your calories, you get high protein intake but you don't have all the carbs and the sugar and everything that goes along with it, right? That's the problem with a lot of those different kinds of nutritional bars, quote unquote, right? Is all the sugar that gets thrown in there. Not with the bars at built.com. So head to built.com today, 
Get your order put together. And at checkout, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the number one, the number five, 15% off that order at Built.com. So this is a PSA for all the Braves fans out there, right? Because I know there was a little bit of panic last night as the Braves got shut down four to nothing by the god-awful Marlins and the offense couldn't get anything going. And obviously, all that we need to clinch the division is either a Braves win or a Mets loss, right? Okay? And there's a couple of games left, right? I'm here to tell all of Braves Nation, it's okay. The Braves will clinch the division tonight. So it's not just that the Braves have to play the Marlins again tonight. And you got, I know, everybody's favorite, Jake Odorizzi on the mound tonight. But the Mets do have a doubleheader. Remember, they got rained out last night. So the Mets will play a doubleheader today. So between two games for the Mets and one with the Braves, I feel immensely confident that we're going to clinch the division tonight and we'll be able to celebrate a division title. And give the Braves offense a massive amount of credit for how much they turned things around, both their offense and their pitching staff, how much things have turned around. In the month of April, the Braves were a minus 10 run differential, okay? In May, they were a minus 6 run run differential. So for the months of April and May, they combined to be a minus 16 run differential. Since then, starting June 1st to now, plus 198. A little bit of an increase, right? 571 runs scored to 373 given up, plus 198 since June 1st. So they've turned it around. So look, I know there was a little bit of panic last night. I know people are, oh, oh, it'll be fine. Braves are going to clinch and we'll get that. And look, worst case scenario. Here's the worst case scenario in the world. Braves lose tonight. Mets sweep the Nationals in a doubleheader. Okay. That's the worst case scenario. Guess what? You can hand the ball to Max Freed. You can hand the ball to Max Freed tomorrow because he would be your backup starter. Either Mueller will pitch if they don't have to clinch, or if you have to clinch, Freed will get the ball. And guess what? Max Freed in a winner-take-all game, I'll take that. I got no fear, no issues. Worry about that. But I'm not worried about it. Kyle Mueller is going to get the start tomorrow. You know why? Because the Braves are going to take care of business out there. By the way, I did want to bring one other thing up about it. Um, You know, Vaughn Grissom hasn't played since September 25th, right? He's going on almost a couple of weeks now that he hasn't played at all. And it's not as though they haven't played with a second baseman. They haven't just not penciled anybody in. RC has been playing second base. Could have sworn that people told me he was going to play left field. But anyway, that's we can get discussed that another time. I I could have sworn, though, that I was told that that when Ozzy came back, he'd play left field to make sure his bat gets in. Well, RC is playing second base every day, but I don't see Vaughn. Gr- anyway, so okay. All right. So Chuck Reed was right about all that, but anyway, so back to my original point, have no fear, Braves nation tonight. We will clinch and things will be good in Braves land. Right. And look, obviously winning the division is first and foremost, because that gives you the buy. I don't want to get into the wild card and mess around with, I got to see the Padres or whatever. Okay. I'll take where the Braves are at and give me give me the division and we'll wrap this thing up. But you have to give their offense a whole lot of credit. We've talked about a lot on this show about how good their catcher position has been. You know, they've gotten almost 
40 homers and they've gotten over 100 RBI and 100 runs scored out of the catcher position. Say what you will about Matt Olson, but he's still a 30 and 100 guy. Okay. Austin Riley has had his struggles, but he's still a 40 and just about 100 guy. The guy that they'll need and the guy that you'd like to see get it cranked up, and obviously this has been a rough season, is Ronnie, right? Who I think for the month of September and as we get into the first couple of days of October is only hitting in this September, October stretch, only hitting like 236. And obviously the power is not there. And what's interesting is, is that in the games, in, in his in his uh, 59 games, I believe it is, that he's played since the All-Star break, he's been thrown out stealing as many times as he was in the first half of the season. So, look, we know that he's been beat up, banged up, and if I, I would love to clinch tonight just because I wouldn't mind giving Ronnie and some of these guys a day off tomorrow. But come playoff time, we're going to need Ronnie, not just hitting, not just getting on base, but creating that havoc on the base pass, right? That's what you want out of Harris and Ronnie and Dansby. And you want those guys creating their havoc on the base paths. So everything will be fine. We'll clinch the division tonight. There's a lot of moving pieces. There are three games that are going to be available that allow the Braves to clinch the division. But again, the worst case scenario is everything goes sideways and we hand the ball to Max Fried and say, here you go, Max. I, I hand the ball to the best left-handed pitcher in Major League Baseball and say, go win it for me, Max. Win or take all, do or die, I'll take that every time out there. But Braves are in a great position. It's going to be a fun playoff series, and we've talked about it. I think this Braves team is better than they were last year. And I had a chance to, about a month or so ago, I got a chance to talk to different former Braves prep. Talk to Andrew Jones, talk to Marquise Grissom, talk to Brad Klontz, talk to other Greg McMichael, talk to several former Braves players. They were all kind of in agreement with me. They think that this Braves team is better. They think that this Braves team is, is better than they were last year. And you look at the closer situation, don't look now, but Kenley Jansen's up to 40 saves this year. Remember all those struggles? Remember it was time to change and all this, that, and the other? Okay, he's been fine. He's been like every other closer in the history of Major League Baseball, except for Dennis Eckersley in 1992, when he was the most unhittable guy I've ever seen in my lifetime, right? He's gone through his stretches. But give the Braves a lot of credit because April, May, I don't know how many of us were sitting here thinking that, hmm, this Braves team is about to go on this massive roll and be a 100-win team. And by the way, this is the best team that the Braves have had since that 2003 team. You know, the last time that they were a 100-win team, the last time they had a 20-game winner, and all those things goes back to that 2003 team where that was – Chipper, Andrew, and Sheffield playing in the outfield. Javi with his 40 homers. Marcus Giles raking like crazy. For Cal, stealing bases like crazy. Vinny Castilla at third, right? That was, that was that group that was, I think, 103 wins that year. This is certainly the best team that they've had since that group of guys, and all the records are circling them back around to that 03 team. But have no fear, Braves fans. Things will end up tonight. The Braves will clinch the division, will take care of business, and then we'll get a little bit of time to breathe and exhale, give some guys some much-needed rest, and then get ready for the divisional round of the playoffs.
All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen every day. Don't forget, Mark is available on our YouTube page, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hit the subscribe button when you get there. Leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free today. And, of course, listen, check us out now, Amazon Fire and Roku. Head to those platforms. Pop us in. Find all of our content there as well. Then follow me at JMCH316 on Twitter. Back with you tomorrow for a hump day edition. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta.